you came out tonight early, aggressive. What was different for you tonight in terms of just setting the tone with your game in this game? Ball. 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 This is Orange Ball Juice, the show where I make my two teenage sons co-host a basketball podcast with me so they can tell their dad what to think about the NBA and hopefully help me win my fantasy pool. So, without further ado... Ball. Welcome to Orange Ball Juice, always fresh, never toxic, family-friendly b-ball blabber. My name is Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by my two household NBA analysts, my teenage sons, Spency G and Marky Man. Spency, how you doing? Pretty good. Marky Man. Doing good. Oh, good. It's Sunday, January 11th, 2023, and the NBA Finals are, if we're honest... Maybe on the brink of being over. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? On last week's episode, we only had one uh, game sample size of the finals, uh, and the Nuggets took a game one. At, uh, they they took the first game at home against the Heat, but since then we've had three games. So let's talk about. <laughs> So last Sunday, June 4th, uh, with Denver up one nothing in the series, the Nuggets and Heat squared up for Game 2. So, Marky Man, what happened? Um, the Heat won 111-108. to um, the, Heat, the Heat took a, like, they were down 15 uh, after the half, I believe, and they were able to come back. Um, but it was mainly just... Like it was a team effort from Miami. They had they were hitting threes, which seems to be like that's the decider in a lot of these games. Yeah. Um that's been kind of part of their recipe for success these these playoffs is when they're getting those good looks. Yeah. Gabe Vincent was the star twenty three points, eight for twelve and only thirty one minutes. So he he came in, he hit some big shots. Bam Adebayo had a great game, 21 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Jimmy Butler was quiet, which is, like, he hasn't seemed, he hasn't had a breakout game at all yet. Yeah. Um, 7 for 19, he still had 21 points, but yeah. overall, percentage-wise, he was not great. Um, but it seems like Jokic had 41 points, 11 rebounds, and only 4 assists, mm-hmm. and it seems to be the case when... Uh, Jokic scores over 40, they seem to, like, lose yeah. a lot. It's not a good formula. That just means that um, the other team is playing good defense and not allowing him to find other players, and so then he ends up having to score more, which is not yeah. a formula for success for yeah. that team. And, yeah, Murray was the second high scorer with only 18, shooting yeah. 7 for 15. Yeah, so... so yeah, that's never good. The other thing that, yeah, you mentioned that Miami was down, <clears throat> I think at the most they were down was fi- by 15 at one point in the game, and they were down by eight going into the fourth. Now, listen to some of these numbers. Uh, Denver is 11-0 and in, uh, so far in the playoffs when leading by double digits at any point in a game at that point, uh, and 37-1 and uh, over the whole season uh, while leading by at least eight going into the fourth. So they'd only won 
you know, they were 37 wins and one loss when leading by at least eight going into the fourth quarter. So they're a very good closeout team. But at the same time, Miami, uh, as we've seen throughout this playoffs, they have these late game surges. They, you know, they did it against Boston. They did it in every series where they, no matter how bad they seem to be playing, no matter how much they're down, they just, they don't get rattled and they go on these big runs. Um, And they did it. And they actually were up by 12 in the fourth, only to have then the Nuggets go start chipping away at that. And it came down to um, that final buzzer beater with Jamal Murray hoisted up the three, which would have been the game tying shot and not making it. So, um, and then after that game, you know, um, I always blank on the Nuggets coach name. What's his name again? Um, Mel, something, um, um, <laughs> Mike, something Malone, Mike Malone, Mike no, Malone. Yeah, uh, uh, that sounds right. Mike, yeah, Mike. Anyway, Coach Malone, like just um, ripped into them for for not having the discipline that they've shown all season long um, of just you know not letting teams get back into games. You know, mm-hmm. um, and at Miami, that was there. That was exactly what they wanted. They got the split in uh they got the split in Denver huge that was the first game that the Nuggets lost all playoffs long to at home and Miami that's their playbook they did it they 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 snatched a win now they stole back um you know home court advantage so then now the series is heading back to Miami for games three and four so Spencey uh what happened in game three yeah um so the Nuggets won pretty easily 109 to 94 and this was an amazing game from the Nuggets especially their star duo Jokic had 32 points 21 rebounds 10 assists and Murray had 34 points 10 and 10 Um, this is the first time ever that two players on the same team had 30 point triple doubles like any time not just finals not just playoffs yeah Um, it was a pretty close game at the half actually and it was looking to be a really exciting finish, but the Nuggets just dominated the second half, especially the third quarter. Um, and then it was just like the heat just went so cold and yeah. it was just kind of hard to watch. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, as I say, for that game, certainly the individual stats of Jokic and Murray were, you know, yeah, literally history making. Um, very incredible, uh, unique. And Murray got his triple-double with only nine seconds remaining. He got that 10th uh, rebound um, to, to give him the triple-double. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was an incredible game. Some other notable things, you know, um, some of these guys that earlier on for Miami had been a huge part of their success, like Caleb Martin was held to 10 points, for instance. You know, mm-hmm. Bam continues to play well. Um throughout wow. yeah. I mean he had 27 I'll talk about what, game 4 he, yeah game that. 4 is a little different but for game 3 you know he had 22 points yeah. and 17 rebounds you know Jimmy had 28 um, it's uh, but the uh, a huge part of that game was was rebounding I think the Nuggets um, out rebounded the Heat 58 to 33 which is a pretty huge margin um, so everybody sort of after that game it's like okay well let's after all the excitement going into Miami after Miami stealing a win in Denver oh, here we go again the the heat are the team of destiny they're the underdog team then things kind of came back down to earth i think a little bit after game 3 where when a Denver just immediately 
you know, had this huge game to yeah. take control of the series again. So then in game four, what happened? Yeah. Um, I think this one was even worse, in my opinion, for the Heat. They lost 108 to 95. Yeah. And this did, it did kind of mirror game three. The first half was really exciting. Both teams are playing well. Yeah. Denver was up by four at the half. But then in the third quarter, like the game was over. The Heat fell apart. Um, they just wasted every possession. Yeah. And they're super sloppy. Murray had 15. Jokic only had 23, but they still couldn't stop them. Yeah. Struess had zero points. Vincent had two points. The Heat went eight for 25 from three. And yeah. Bam out of bio, I was like losing my mind watching <laughs> him get nice open floaters. And just missing every single time. It yeah. was infuriating. Which And he's usually money from that kind. If you give him a good look, he's pretty good from mid-range. Or he has yeah. been at least this playoff run. Um, I, I can't speak to what he's like in the regular season, but he's done. He's played very well. I mean, he yeah. did have 20 points and 11 rebounds. Um, it was another game where, you know, Lowry came in and gave them a little bit of, a little bit of uh, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, inspiration and a few points coming off the bench. I think another thing that really um, came forward, I think, certainly in this series, you know, for instance, uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't had a great series, mm-hmm. but um, the bench um, for the Nuggets has started to become a factor. Like yeah. we've talked about all these these sort of unsung heroes for Miami, these, un, you know, these undrafted players um, who have, who have stepped up and, and become a huge factor for Miami. But what do you think, Marky man of guys like, you know, Bruce Brown had 21 off the bench in game four. We have Bruce Brown, we've got um, Christian Brown. Like, what do you think about the, the Brown brothers for, for the Nuggets? Um, I think uh, Christian Brown is less of a factor, but I mean, if he got more minutes, I think it he would help. I mean, he shot a hundred percent in game two. Yeah. Um, Bruce Brown. I mean, you can't really call him a bench player because the amount of minutes he plays. Um, but yeah, he su- he helps the team like tremendously. Like he's he's super confident. He um, he he's able to create space for himself. Um, and Christian, yeah, Christian Brown is just like he's just always applying pressure, getting steals, always like just annoying the other team. And it converting into like fast break points. So yeah, it's, you know, one thing I think, you know, watching him, it, he seems just confident he feels, to- he seems totally comfortable out there, even though he's a young guy and a fairly relatively inexperienced player. And same with Bruce Brown, like Bruce Brown's what second year player. Yeah. I mean, he's not that old. Um, maybe he's a bit older. I, I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I am. I thought Bruce Brown was very old, very old. I don't know. Who am I thinking of then? Green? Oh, oh green, green, probably. Green, probably. Yeah. All these guys yeah. with color names. Yeah, Green's the is the KG veteran. He's played actually pretty well too. Um, I guess my my point is, um, you know, they they shorten their bench though. I mean, for the playoffs, like Murray and Jokic are getting tons of minutes now, like you know, forty plus um, certainly. And then what's interesting that game when I think that really spells in my mind doom for Miami is that you know. Going into the fourth, Denver's up by 13. Miami came out with one of their classic, like, they went on a run. They score eight, the next eight points. Um, Jokic commits his fifth foul. Then he's got to go on the bench. And then the Nuggets just kind of, 
Murray immediately, like Murray hits a three, and then uh, I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was, whether it was, uh, it was Jeff Green who hit a, then that hit that corner three to just put like, mm-hmm. put them up six again. So just kind of erase that little run in like two two possessions. <clears throat> and there's something about, and that's with Jokic on the bench. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. something about the Nuggets where they're they're more locked in in terms of like. We know Miami's going to have their little spurts and they're going to have their little runs every now again because they're you know they they play intense and they they don't give up, but either do the Nuggets right? It they they get yeah. when they get back on their heels they just find a way of they're like now now it's our turn to go on a run now it's our turn to get a stop now it's our turn to find the energy and and you know and they've done that several times to Miami whereas Miami and the and the earlier series. You know, certainly against Boston, they they just demoralized the Celtics sometimes, and the Celtics just seemed to give up mm-hmm. after Miami would go on these big runs. But the Nuggets just seemed to be a different kind of team. Well, um, yeah, I I'm getting angry at the Heat because I think that they feel as though almost like the fourth quarter is the only thing that matters. They just assume that they're going to be able to fight back. And yeah, maybe. the third quarters is where they've lost every game. It's yeah. the third quarter. Yeah. They're so bad, they come out with zero energy, and they just pray that they can pull their underdog thing in the fourth. But that doesn't work with a really good team. You can't... Like, the Celtics, potentially the worst coach team in the playoffs so far. Yeah. And we knew that they were easy to demoralize. Yeah. And it, it was like they could lose their confidence very quickly, yeah. which is why that worked. Yeah. But the Nuggets, like, I think they need to understand you can't come out with, I don't think the underdog thing matters anymore. I think you need to get rid of that mindset and need to come in with like, we're the sec, we're the best team. It doesn't, yeah. it's not, we're not the underdog. We're the best team. It's the finals. Yeah. If you're calling yourself an underdog or if you're like expecting that and playing like that, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Like, I just well, think I think it's just really what it boils down to is that the Nuggets aren't just like clearly a more talented team. Like, there's no I, there's no getting around that in terms of like yeah. the you know uh, in terms of just the, the stats and and even the bench and like we we didn't even mention the fact that like Aaron Gordon's been having a monster series because suddenly he can just get the ball and get easy buckets all over the place because. Mm-hmm. Jokic is just finding him all over the place, and he's playing really yeah. aggressive and playing probably some of the best basketball that we've seen from him this season. And he saved it for the finals, so great. You know, we're not even talking about him. You know, we're barely talking about him. But I think the difference is, like you just brought up, like Boston wasn't very well. Co- isn't co- there's like a coaching and a, a sort of a culture thing that's wrong, whereas like the Nuggets do not have a coaching problem no. or a culture problem at all. So what's happening is finally a team is truly exposing the limitations of Miami, I think is what's happening, you know? Yeah. Well, I saw a very, I really like this quote is that Jokic, it's like almost like Jokic doesn't see himself playing the players on the heat. He's playing Eric Spoltra. Right. Which I thought was, I think that's great. Yeah, totally. Um, And I think it is true. I think it's, but at the same time, I just, even if, players like Struess and Vincent are maybe like playing more than they normally would be or like are given an opportunity that they shouldn't necessarily have per se. Mm. Scoring, combining for two points, 
I don't care how like good you are, if you're given that many minutes, yeah, they, it's they need to ridiculous. Yeah, they need to perform. That's garbage. If you if they're gonna go out and be completely useless and be useless on defense, yeah, it's should they're a liability. Kevin Love twelve minutes, and he had I think he had ten points. Yeah, exactly. Same, but with the Kyle. veterans are showing. Like I think there's a difference between Kyle, like <clears throat> Kevin Love and, and Kyle Lowry. Just they know, like they're at that age where like they know what their skills are at their age and they know what their limitations right. are and they can kind of just get what they have to get out of themselves to help the team. And they're thinking holistically. And I'm not, I, I Max, I, I think there is a difference between uh, like maybe these Gabe Vincent and Max Truce. Maybe the reason that these guys are on draft or whatever is maybe that, um, maybe the knock on them is just that they're inconsistent and this is the, yeah. and that's being exposed. It's like, they can just, exposed. they can just, not be good and be and not be able to yeah. shoot on any given night and maybe that's part of why the, the Miami was not that great of a shooting right. team all season long. I think it's kind of like it almost seemed like every other night it was a different um bench guy or shooter that had the good night which I think sort of carried them through and then there was that one heat win against the Celtics where the entire team played amazing. Yeah. There was one game and I was like, holy crap, this is the best basketball I've ever seen. Yeah. But then other than that, it's like they're trading off and they are kind of being more exposed. Yeah. And that's why I... I just think, I also think like, I, one thing, I, my take, one of my takeaways from the yeah. Boston series was just that Boston looked disorganized mm-hmm. on defense. And so, like, not every open look is an open, are created equal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's the like, oh, you got all day to take this shot. You're in rhythm. You can right. you can hit it. Like there's that kind of open look, and then there's the kind of open look where it's like you had to run faster to without the ball to get to your spot, and then the ball hits you, and the guy's closing fast. It's like, yeah, it's technically an open look, but it's a little bit more rushed. Yeah. It's a little bit more like, you know, you had to work a little harder for it, and then it's you miss. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. there's something. Like they're not just like I don't know. What do you agree with that, Marcus? As as somebody you know playing basketball, like that, there's a difference between you set your play, you ran it, it worked perfectly, you got the ball, you got the shot. Like, are you more likely to hit that one than the one where you feel maybe a bit more disorganized? And yeah, you got open, but it's a little bit more rushed. Well, I mean, yeah, if you don't have time to like set your feet properly and just like not get your full shot in motion, it's like it's a completely different shot. It's way more difficult. Yeah. And that's all I mean. I think like we, we tend to categorize all shots, black and white, A and B it's either contested or it's open. And I, things that Mm -hmm. are still technically open can still be a little bit more. There's a bit more pressure, you know, getting it. I think it's the, I think they're getting more pressure on them. The Miami, they're not getting, you know, quite as comfortable with their shots as they did against Boston. Yeah, I think it's it's the ones where you're like sprinting and then you roll off a screen and you're still like kind of like moving sideways pretty fast and you're yeah. shooting. Yeah. Is that those, I'm seeing those ones a lot and those are the ones that seem to be missing. And, and some of the, like the greatest players and greatest shooters, what they're so great <laughs> at is super fast getting their feet set. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're so quick that for them they can do things so much faster and get in their that perfect shooting motion and setting their feet so fast that they give themselves a better chance to make the shot 
whereas other guys just can't get yeah. ready. It's not about the shot. It's mm -hmm. about getting to your your spot, yeah. you know? I think it's, that's a lot of those players on the Heat, they're maybe in the regular season, they're sort of used to being like the guy in the corner. Yeah. Or even, I think they could, they're good at step backs and stuff like that because you're still setting your feet, but I don't think they're necessarily good. Like when they're in the air and like moving, and they don't have both feet set, that's when they get overconfident or I think Well yeah. Yeah, I feel like the hardest shot is like the just the catch and shoot, but you're getting closed out like as super quick. Like 'cause the the, the amount of time you you have to shoot the basketball in the NBA already is like yeah. so like you have you have to be able to shoot the yeah. yeah shoot so like fast. every shot I see where they get the ball and they go just jump straight up no other direction they always fall even when there's a guy closing out super fast as long as they're jumping straight up yeah. and shooting it goes in yeah i mean that's why they're in the nba like they're all very good shooters like in the in the sitting mm -hmm. if they're in the gym by themselves they're putting most of them in but yeah i mean obviously in this kind of you know and then and then we don't even talk about you know Jokic is just this great shooter, but he's not looking to shoot. You know, he's just looking yeah. to score when he needs to. So yeah. Murray is more like, you know, I think, and that's it's great to see. I think it's a great combination of superstar players playing at their best, but also within a system that's coached really well. Mm -hmm. Like they're not trying to be like, I have to go off script and save this game. You know, yeah. um, they're they're sticking to this formula and this plan, and they just seem to get what they need to get at the right time mm -hmm. you know oh murray's had a quiet second quarter oh what do you know he just hit back-to-back -back threes to like go up by 10 when they were only up by yeah. four it's like that kind of thing that just separates them and just you know they know when to how mm -hmm. to raise their game at the right moments or it's 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 pretty remarkable yeah um all right so marky man let me ask you like what has to happen for miami to just let's just say the next game they're going back to denver do you have, do they have a hope in hell to win that to win that one I mean, I mean, yeah, but they're definitely not going to win the series. So, I mean, they they yeah. could they could win this game. They they I mean, Kyle Lowry said something. I can't remember who said, but they they see they they still see a path. The Heat sure kind of have to, but yeah. Well, they can't like like they can't concede. They can't just lay down. But what I mean, and they they did win a game this series, so they have that to model themselves on. But I feel like it's more about. It's less about what they do, and it's more about if Denver lays an egg and just sort mm -hmm. of can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what can they do to push themselves? Because remember, again, in their win, that shot almost fell that Murray they took to to, to, to to tie it and go to overtime. I think that game goes to overtime. It's over for Miami. You know, it's a sweep. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, so. The series could all, already be over. So. Like, what is the formula? Do they have a formula? Is it just them getting I, their guys open and shooting? Is yeah. it like what I is think it? the formula is everyone has to play well. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't know what else there yeah. is. Yeah, they need like guys like Caleb Martin to all of a sudden yeah. be what they. They were. can't have everyone. No, just play like mid level basketball. No, and remember that. Remember, like Caleb Martin was sick in game one. They said, and and you know he he. Hat. He was one for seven that game. Struess was zero for ten that game, including zero for nine from three. Yeah, like, Struess has was, been a problem. That was just brutal. Um, 
everybody thought the series was over after game one, but then game two flipped the script, you know, Miami steals the game and now they've lost two at home. Like, although the only thing you'll say you can say about Miami is that everything that's happened with them has been unpredictable. That said, yeah. we also know that they, they act one thing they, that maybe we don't talk about is like, they've been in the playoffs a lot in recent years, you know, yeah. and they, like guys like Jimmy and guys like, and even like Kyle Lowry, you know, and, you know, and Kevin Love have a lot of playoff experience. So maybe that's what the advantage they have, certainly in the earlier series, like over, say, the Knicks, right? That they were able right. to sort of, you know, out, they got, you know, outlast the Knicks because the Knicks were, you know, on their first playoff run in ages and ages. Yeah. Whereas, and then the, you know, the first series, as we know, like the Bucks were a little, they had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So they had an ease. Th- what you might call an easier path to getting here. The Boston series though, was like totally weird how that unfolded. Like, yeah. well, yeah, I, I mean, think what we haven't considered is that the heat have not actually been down. In a series. Oh, and that's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they've technically been the underdogs, quote unquote, just baseline before the series started. Yeah. They haven't actually been down. Yeah. Right. They faced elimination games, so they haven't been down. Yeah. So, you're right. They always uh, they they won the first game in, in every series. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, except for uh, except for this one. Right. Yeah. Um, and they've also, but also like they, you know, in the Boston series, they lo- they they lost games at home. At home, like they right. lost. You yeah, know, they lost a lot of games home and still came back and won. It seems the like they, their home you know, is like their home court doesn't help them. No. Yeah. Uh, maybe Miami's cursed. It's Who knows? I. That's what I'm it's saying. It's city like city of Miami. Maybe they can only play when they feel like. They're the complete underdog. Like they, yeah. I can't believe the Boston series went to seven after going up three zero. No, it's that was crazy, embarrassing. Yeah. Um, all right. So prediction are they? So are the games Monday, which is tomorrow? <clears throat> are who's winning, Marky? Denver, Miami. You got Miami. This winning. is their last win. So this is to push it to six games, and then they're gonna. <clears throat> then they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose at home in yeah. Miami. All right. So you got them in five. You got Denver in five. You got Denver in six. I yeah. I'm. Um, I think the Nuggets really want to close it out. Like they're like, yeah. I think they're going to psychologically prepare, and the coach is just going to like, you know, get them to, you know, not get you know, keep them. I think if they play defense, the offense takes care of itself for that team. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Miami's got to pull pull a rabbit out of the hat. I mean, yeah. anyway, we slice it, but yeah, I mean, I, it would be cool if they won. That would be more interesting, yeah. but, um, but I mean, let's be honest, games three and four. Yeah. The first half pretty good, but second half kind of like frustrating to watch. Not exactly yeah. the best brand no. of basketball. So yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause I don't even think the nuggets played that well in game four in like the second half until the very yeah. end. I was like, they're just barely like, they were kind of screwing up a lot too. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So um, we haven't done this in a while, but let's talk a little bit of Raptors. Ciao, I'm Pasquale. Welcome to my kitchen. In this house, we call Pascal Siakam Chef Pasquale because spicy pea is what happens when you go to the toilet after chopping jalapenos. All right. So. In Raptors land, the big news is that we got a new head coach after Nick Nurse 
uh, got canned and he ended up resurfacing in Philadelphia. Um, there was a lot of speculation about who um, would be the new coach of the Raptors. We missed out on, you know, uh, um, Monty Williams and some other coaches um, that were kind of floating around. And I, I, I think I can say, and I, t- you know, Tell me if you guys agree. This name did not seem to be floating around among the names no, that were floating around. It just seemed, I was like, oh, he got the job. I had not seen a single thing yeah, about him. And I, I'll admit, I didn't. I don't know who this guy is. So he is a Memphis Grizzlies assistant named uh, Darko Ryakovich, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Ryakovich. Uh, I'm, if I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. Um, I think, you know, we might, in this, like, we might just start calling him Coach Darko because that sounds cool. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, he, as far as he's he's forty four years old. He's Serbian. Um, he is the f- <clears throat> uh, he's only the second non uh, North American coach to get a head coaching gig in the NBA. Huh. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, <clears throat> and the other thing I'll say. Um, the only thing that I've read about him, because there hasn't been a whole lot, and I don't even know if it's finalized yet. They apparently like well, they're trying to make it happen because I haven't seen anything like the Raptors Instagram. I, I, I haven't seen, welcomed their coach. Right no, anymore. I know. I don't think it's well, absolutely official, I, but they. Yeah. It's like Woj, you know, usually if if yeah. Woj says it, it's going to happen. Yeah. So it could be that they're basically just waiting to finish finalize it, but it sounds like it's going to happen. Well, I mean, every other coach has had the same post blank or yeah. finalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It, before it's truly official. Yeah. So I guess it could it could fall apart, but we don't expect it to. And the only thing that I've read about him, other than let's, I'll just run down some of the things. He was an assistant in Oklahoma City um, and Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. uh, and then he was in three seasons in Memphis. Uh, he used to also um, be in. Uh, he was a D League coach, um, and the the thing in that one article on the score that we all read is that he has a reputation as a player developer. Yeah. Um, developing in players. So if that, let's just assume that one of the main reasons why the um, Raptors sought him out um, is because of that, is because of um, his young player development. What do you think that means, Marky Man, for the team? Like what what do you think that means in terms of the direction they're going to go and what they want to do? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think... That probably is what it is to develop like Chris Coloco and stuff and try and maybe try and get something out of Malachi Flynn or something <laughs> like, yeah, make him somewhat effective. Yeah. Or just like Scotty even like, yes. And you know, all the other guys. So if he's, I mean, hopefully maybe he's the guy, maybe he's the guy that wins us another championship out of the blue. Maybe. I don't know. But um, it, does that imply? Do you think that means like they're yeah. looking to move? That's more what I, I was thinking. Like, it might be a sign yeah. that we are going to be making moves for some picks. Because as Freddie, you know, like if you're Freddie or you're Siakam and you're like, I'm getting older, I want to, I'm, I'm thirsty for another championship or being on a contender, and then they hire a first-time head coach um, who's with a reputation for player development. Does that not mean that you're like more willing to? You, yeah, you're. If you weren't already, you're now. You're looking more to bolt. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm very concerned because if we lose Freddie, like, what is going to happen? We need to get a point guard in. Yeah, or we're like screwed. Well, Chris Paul is available. <laughs> yeah, I. 
it mm. makes no sense for the Raptors to get Chris Paul unless we made a gigantic yeah. push to try to build a good team, which no, is not going to happen. No, but I mean, Chris Paul, like, there's, there's if, some, I if mean, he'll accept like $5 million, let's get Chris Paul. Yeah, which he probably isn't, but we don't know what's going to happen with Chris Paul. He's all, he's still a great playmaker and who knows what, where he'll end up. As far as, far as anyone knows, he is just going to be like a journeyman guy who signs one year deals from now on. Like we don't, well, I mean, well, he, I mean, he's yeah. 38. Yeah, exactly. He so have, like, he's he, probably got yeah. two years left, three years left. I think yeah. he's got one more year of like, 15 points, but then being a really great facilitator. He said yeah. he said he wants to play several more years. In the NBA, yeah, so. but I think, yeah, he'll probably get, yeah, and we'll see if he can. And maybe he will be one of those guys that just, like, uses up every last bit of himself to, yeah. to play, and he'll play for three or four more years. Yeah. But um, anyways, but the point is, like, if we're moving Freddie, yeah, somebody's got to play point guard. But it's like, yeah, maybe we'd have a year where Malachi is the point guard. That would and be we saw my worst nightmare. <laughs> I know. Well, but the point yeah. is we're going to – if it's a rebuild and it's youth, then, yeah, we're going to yeah, suck if, for a couple still, years. That's I just guess. the way it is. Yeah, we're definitely going to suck next year. There's no doubt about it's it. It's just frustrating yeah. how, like, we're in a rebuild. But, like, I can just see so many good players on our team, and it's so sad. Yeah. Like, our starting lineup is really good. Yeah, but remember, part of developing players isn't just because you think, oh, Chris Coloco is the center of the future for the Raptors. Part of it is like, help these guys get as good as they can be because they're all, then they're w- more valuable to trade as mm. well, right? Like, you yeah. need to develop players no matter what. And I, unfortunately, I think strategically, and I, again, this is not my own opinion, this is things that I've read, you know, it could be, this is, and this is speculative, no one knows, it could be that last season. At the beginning of the year, they said to Coach Nurse, we're going to try to make the playoffs this year. We're not tanking. We're not developing players. And he already has a reputation of, like, giving guys tons of minutes, having a short bench. And, like, you know, so he's putting out the starters and, like, riding Freddie and and Siakam and all these guys to, like, scratch and claw to get wins, only for us to barely make the plan and then flame out. In retrospect, they should have tanked, you know, and they should have let – they should have tried to develop some of these younger guys. So now it's a situation where it's like, well, we know we can't win even when we go all out to try to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Well, well now we actually yeah. do like, are we going to f- make these young guys better or what? Or what are we going to do? Well, I mean, it's also kind of confusing because with the exact same team, we were the fourth seed the year prior. Right. Yeah. So they had every reason yeah. to believe we could make the playoffs. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like it's just so much harder to tank when you have like. Well, there's. Ta- I mean, tanking. It's not really tanking. You could just say, "Look, try to make the playoffs." I mean, again, you can't tell this to a coach. A coach is trying to win the games. He's either trying to win or he's not. Like true tanking doesn't really happen until like if you know it doesn't matter. You could put your guys out every night, and you're still going to be under 500. Like with a team like say I don't know, Detroit or San Antonio or whatever. Like you're not. I don't honestly. I don't understand the whole tanking thing because this is like if there's like if you're up three with like a minute left, is the coach saying let's yeah, yeah, not yeah. win this game? Like how does that? No, even I, work? I don't think so. I don't. I think it's just teams are so bad it doesn't even matter if they try. Well, and also the parody thing makes it weird, right? Where it's like and the Raptors and all of these teams, like it's like the worst thing you can be. You know, uh, it's been pointed out when you're these teams like Washington or whatever, you're kind of, or even like something like Portland, where you're caught in this middle zone. Yeah, where, that's the worst. Where you kind of have like a couple of one or two players who are like at star or, or bordering on superstar level, um, certainly in Portland with with Dame. 
but then you're kind of trapped in this like 500 hell because you don't have enough supporting cast or your defense is bad or whatever and you can't ever ride that to a deep playoff run Mm -hmm. and you might even miss the playoffs and so then it becomes well what are you going to do like you like how do you fix that because like the raptors are kind of in a similar thing like there's no oh just do a couple quick trades and suddenly we're a contender it's not no, we're not. We're not in that position. I think. I think the best thing I did see was I think it's really a good idea to go for Scoot Henderson. Yeah, and I would like to see like a little bit of a blend of players. Like, uh, if Scoot and Scotty are both starting, and we can have maybe two of our starters. Mm-hmm. From previous seasons, I think that'd be good. But like, we already asked the trailblazers, well, we have, and they were like, "No," because they, are you they sure? were giving up too. Yeah, we were. Yeah. They offered like for Anthony Simons in the third pick for like Aakam or something. The but they wanted were like, some, "No, we're not doing but, that." Yeah, they're stupid for not taking that. Yeah, I it, it, yeah. Everybody knows? hates Aakam. All the teams. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, and he's it, so it, good. It seems like Brandon Miller is actually going to go second. Yeah, it seems like I that's that. what's gonna happen. So. I had, yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't really want to get him because he does have that kind of ridiculous scandal around him. Yeah, well, it's just high risk, right? Yeah, like that, that's the that thing. Stuff. And Scoot, uh, like they're very close, anyways. So. Scoot just played like multiple years of professional basketball, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll. I'm. I, I at the same time, like as much as as much as like I don't want the team to suck super bad or anything like that. I'm excited just to go. Okay, well, we're it's a new era. We're doing. Yeah. We got a new coach. We're doing new stuff. We're looking. We're seeing what we got with these young guys. We're seeing what we can draft. You know, we've had some success in the past. Like remember, and we picked up Pirtle. Like there, we haven't seen a full season with That's like true. you know with him. And well, we'll see. We have to sign. We have to like make a deal with him if we're going to keep him. Um, there's certain things that are interesting and, and different, and yeah. and uh, you know. Maybe they do hold on to Freddie and deal Siakam, and and maybe Freddie is the guy that they keep around. Who knows? Um, but it's an interesting time. So why don't we uh, stop talking about Raptors and instead uh, turn back the shot clock and Euro step our way into the past for time travel trivia? Now, unfortunately, for this edition of time travel trivia. Uh, Spencer already sort of stole my thunder. So this is really going to be a listening test and an attention test for Marky Man to see if he actually paid attention to what Spencey said earlier in the show, okay? So, <laughs> which I, I have a feeling he, he didn't, but we'll see. So, as you know, uh, in Game 3 of the final... Marky Man, uh, Jokic had 32 points, 21 rebounds and 10 assists, and Murray had 34 points, 10 rebounds and 10 assists. Um, and so they're a duo uh, with 30-point uh, triple-doubles in the same game, okay? So my question for you is, um, can you name teammates who each had a 30-point triple-double in the same game other than Jokic and Murray in Game 3 at can you do it in NBA Finals or just any time, any any game at all? Can you can you name? I don't think it's happened. Right, that's the first time. Very good. You were paying attention. 
It was a trick question. I was hoping to get both of you on it, make you guess a bunch of like random duos and stuff like, and then just fail. And then I would say, because it was a trick question. It was, no, you can't. The answer is no. You cannot name another duo who's ever done it. They're the first in NBA history. And there is an asterisk, though, because there was a time in NBA history where they didn't record assists. Yeah. So theoretically, it could have happened back then. But I don't think anybody's going back to like the 50s. Yeah. to like watch game tape that is yeah. probably incomplete to see if anybody's ever done it before then. So uh, since the recording of assists, I don't know when that began. They're the only guys to do it, which is actually, if you really think about it for something like that, pretty incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. pretty uh, like it's never happened before in NBA history at any time. Like, and they just did it in the finals as yeah. teammates. Like not even in regular yeah. season. Realistically, if Jokic continues this for 10 more seasons is he would he not be the greatest player of all time i mean i i I think he would be in turn like that's something i wanted to bring up with you guys like one thing i think and again they haven't done anything yet they haven't won but let's just say they win the championship this year what team other than the like is the team or pardon me are the nuggets poised to be the next dynasty they honestly could be i don't see any other team like I guess if the Celtics figure it out and figure out all their weird like drama, yeah, or and hopefully the Bucks will not be in a <clears throat> tough situation, yeah. But <clears throat> based on like talent and teams, you know, I can only see the Bucks or Celtics being able to beat them, yeah, um, where things are now. So I think they could for sure be a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that, like, one thing I like about the Nuggets, and I'm sure, like, you know, for a lot of people, they're, you know, if you're not, we have a reason, like, we have a rooting interest with Jamal Murray being from, you know, our town and um, being a Canadian, and also, you know, we like Jokic. I like watching Jokic. I think he's kind of fun, like, he's, because he's unconventional and different as a big man, and he's, like, it's fun to watch him distribute the ball and all of that. But for a lot of basketball fans, it probably isn't that exciting for them. <laughs> they, they, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, like, what do you care about the Nuggets? If you're, you know, uh, a Portland fan, maybe you're not that excited about them. But the last true dynasty, as we know, are, are the Golden State Warriors. And I know, Spence, Spencey, you complained, like, or a bit, maybe not complained about them, but been maybe anxious for that era to be over. Yeah. Um, and I know, Marky Man, you were, you're fine with it continuing. But it's sort of like... Is that even is that even possible anymore? Like, can do can they run it back again, or, or can they just retool a bit and still the, just the Warriors in general? The Warriors, yeah. Like, are they still a contender to win it all after what happened this year? I think it's possible for maybe one or two more years, but I mean, Clay is getting too old. Curry is getting too old. So, and Draymond. Yeah. Curry is the only one who's playing well, and Poole's yeah. just like the weirdest NBA player of all time. So, like. Yeah, and I think like I think for people are still six, saying yeah. that that whole pool Draymond situation really did cause a huge problem I in the locker room. Um, and there's that I just was reminded of this yesterday. Someone was tweeting about how this was the, the funniest NBA season of all time, yeah. and one of the, what they used as an example was was um, that game. There was a game, or it was like toward the end of the game, and and Pool hoisted up like a terrible three that was a brick. Remember that? And, and then Curry turned yeah. around and threw his mouth guard, and he got so. Yeah. So somebody to get a technical reacting to what your yeah. teammate just did is insane. Yeah. Like when like that's yeah. and for Curry, like yeah. 
where like, you're so upset you're like what is this guy doing yeah. like if if that's how your team leader and captain is reacting to you like it's almost like they need to move him but again who's the future there right like yeah i if i think for a pool to succeed draymond draymond can't be on the team yeah <clears throat> he had a loss of confidence which has made things a lot worse i think yeah well yeah i mean because <laughs> he's it, he was scared totally, to do anything if you think about it like think of how like terrible that would be if like draymond green hates you curry is getting mad at everything you do like yeah there's nothing you can like there's how there's no way you can stay confident after that because like then you're scared to do anything and take any shot yeah exactly it's just like but also worst thing ever yes but also he does take bad shots so well but the thing is it's like it's a that that causes a problem. It, it, sure, like, right, sure. Because it, it it makes you like it, it makes you not only like take questionable shots, but then like have them have no chance of going in because you don't think they're that, going to go. That's in. one thing where it's like okay, because he took a weird shot, which wasn't like especially if it's like oh that wasn't the play that we drew up or whatever, or we're supposed to be like he is supposed to be looking for somebody else, Clay or whoever it is. That's one thing. But then there's those other things where he tried to, like, there was that one we, sh- you know, you you pointed a few out where he did that thing where he tried to do the Jordan where he was, like, palming the ball. <laughs> and then he just lost it. And it's like, if you're like, this is going to be great on Instagram when everybody sees what I did on this play. Like, if like it's almost mm-hmm. like there's times where he lapses into that mindset, you know? Yeah. And he's on what is arguably the most cohesive team, like, even though they have these stars like they're a team like they <laughs> win as a team and are you know they went on a run in the playoffs this year not a very deep one but you know they they had a chance yeah. um yeah it's weird anyway the point is i think like maybe yeah maybe they got a championship left and then they'll find the formula whatever it is the lakers are not a dynasty like this even if they win another one because they bring somebody else in they could do another run but like that's all coming to an end too right like they're not going to win like there's not going to be a lebron ad and like kyrie three championships or something that's not like maybe they get one with some formulation in the east yeah boston who else is there in the east that is like a threat like the whole situation with the bucks yeah they could run it back maybe for one more but they got to they're going to have to change out some of these guys like they're not you know Giannis I think is mm-hmm. good for multiple more years of being a dominant player but the supporting cast I don't know you know they're going to lose yeah. some of those guys like Lopez you know and and some of these other, and some of the other players on that team all of this is to say I feel like the Nuggets if they keep the two man game like Jokic and Murray could be the cornerstone of a dynasty for mm-hmm. the next seven years you know yeah yeah as long as well i mean murray, murray isn't that young he's like 28 or something yeah okay so uh, check that why don't you check how old he is um but anyway i they're the only team that you can sort of if assuming they win who knows what Miami yeah. is going to do He's 26 he's 26 yeah. if you look okay. at the so, ages of everyone on the nuggets like their core yeah. Is all under thirty. Yeah, exactly. They have years. Like maybe yeah. if I mean, because look, if you look at the yeah. other young superstars, it's like you could. Say, I guess Grizz, the Grizzlies would be the other thing, but now there's a huge they're, cloud I think hanging over that whole franchise. Now. Like that's a, like they could have been. 
maybe, and the only thing you can think of is, is looking a little further down the road, maybe it's something like OKC if they, you know, yeah. add a few pieces or whatever. And then who with Wemby coming into the league, that maybe I, changes. Yeah, I mean, I can almost see like, Spurs. I can see for sure our dynasty brewing for the Nuggets because like, yeah, who is really going to be yeah. that good? The door is open. Like, yeah, it's open for like, yeah, it's open for like, a lot of championships. Well, and especially when it's like you're the number one regular season team and then you just have a disciplined playoff exactly. run where you like really take it to other teams. Like they're not, yeah. you know. Um, I think they're the best team we've seen in a few years. Yeah. <clears throat> Even like. And we'll see. I mean, yeah. I think, I mean, I know part of me hopes this does happen that Miami pulls off the greatest three game run of all time and shocks them. But I think. The only way that happens is if like something yeah, catastrophic. Or, or, yeah, cat, like Jokic gets hurt in like the first quarter of the next yeah, game yeah. and is like out. Like and, Jokic is like he's like the most like as a player, his he can ride his like his play style for like eight more years or even more yeah, because exactly. of how like he's not flying around and dunking. No. He's just doing the most simple moves. Yeah. So but you just can't get the ball away from him. Yeah. And he's just like, as soon as you like, even slightly overcommit, he just exploits you with the perfect pass to like his his guys. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Anyway, I think they they are the only. I mean, other than like, oh, a team five years from now, like with OKC and and, and Shea and what could happen there, or, or with Wemby, you know, yeah, sure, maybe. But we don't know what that formula is yet, right? Whereas this formula right now looks pretty good, and yeah. so. Yeah, I think they, they could be the next ones. Anyways, fellas, I think that's just about it for this week. I th- Next week, almost for sure. Let me think about this. So if the game is tomorrow, which is game five, so it could be over then. If it's not over then, game six will probably be Wednesday. Almost guaranteed, no matter what. I mean, unless they push it all the way to Sunday. No, game seven. No, even I think game seven would be BC. Sunday max. So no matter what, the whole thing's over. Um Unless it's a Sunday game, but I don't think it would be. They wouldn't push it that far. Mon- I guess well, they've Monday, pushed some games. Monday to Wednesday or maybe Thursday and then Thursday, but Friday. It's, no, no, it won't. No. It, it'll be done by next Sunday. That's that's yeah. that's guaranteed. So we're going to be talking about who the champs are and it'll be our uh, potentially our final episode um, for the season. Um, we might do some little bonus ones over the summer, but we won't be doing like the hardcore one hour weekly show that we've been doing. So it's been a long run. This is already episode 30. I want to say 35 now, um, which is incredible. Uh, next week will be be 36. So anyways, look forward to that listeners. And until then, we'll see you later. See ya. Bye. I got nothing else to say.